no COVID compliance. Is there anyone here because they want to protect their rights to gather? Why anti-maskers faced no fines for their New Year's Eve gathering. COVID confusion for Vancouver Canucks. We haven't given a final answer, but it will be soon. With the season set to start in less than two weeks, there is no plan B. And a massive BC landslide spotted from the air. How it redirected a major salmon-bearing river. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening, Happy New Year, and thanks for joining us. A much more subdued start to 2021 for most of us, with public health orders in place to halt the spread of COVID-19. But there were a few determined to defy the restrictions and bring in 2021 together. Jordan Armstrong has more on the gatherings and how officers responded. The morning after and the rented porta potties were hauled away. The large tents, another sign of the good time, had by pandemic scoff laws New Year's Eve. Several dozen gathered outside the Vancouver Art Gallery to embrace, dance and sing. Fired Canucks anthem man Mark Donnelly led them in O Canada. The event was promoted weeks ahead of time as a so-called freedom party, though for a celebration, there was plenty of anger. There's no emergency, it's a scamdemic, a plandemic. Let's go back to last year, did you wear that? How many people did you kill by not wearing that last year? Vancouver police say one person was arrested outside the art gallery for climbing on top of a statue and biting a police officer. But the department confirms no fines were issued to organizers or participants for defying pandemic restrictions. I certainly uh, um, would like to see uh, fines levied against uh, the organizers. Um, but that's a decision that the police will make. But uh, no, I mean, this is not a protest. This is an event put on by people with a callous disregard for the health of others. Nurse and COVID survivor Kim Carlson agrees. Enough is enough. This has gone on for 10 months. We're into 2021. People are trying to be hopeful for the future and things going back to normalcy, but it, we're not there yet. And so we need, we need to regulate these bad behaviors in these large gatherings. You got a mask on behind that camera? And what a year it was for Mark Donnelly, the man who used to sing for tens of thousands inside arenas, found himself outside, dodging rain New Year's Eve, singing for a few dozen. Look out for the, 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 the coronavirus is floating around. Jordan Armstrong, Global News. Well, Vancouver police say they were kept busy elsewhere last night, responding to 34 calls related to the gathering and events order. Four tickets worth $2,300 each were given to event organizers, including the host of a private party inside a restaurant near Granville and Davie. Police responded around 11 p.m. and say they found close to 100 people inside and alcohol was still being served. There are calls for Alberta's municipal affairs minister to resign after it was revealed she took a vacation to Hawaii despite the recommendations against all non-essential travel. Premier Jason Kenney calls the trip a significant error in judgment. Kenney didn't take any disciplinary action against Tracy Allard, but has now issued what he calls a clear directive to cabinet ministers, government MLAs, political staff and senior executives in the Alberta Public Service. They are not to leave the country for the foreseeable future unless it's absolutely required for government-related business. 
I immediately contacted the minister and asked her to return to Alberta, which she did immediately, arriving back yesterday morning. I should be clear that while away, Minister Allard continued to work on her important responsibilities. I was on calls and participated in virtual cabinet committee meetings in recent days in which she was an active participant. I've also become aware that a few MLAs, political staff and senior government officials have traveled abroad in recent weeks. In doing so, uh, I'm assured that they have complied with all relevant public health orders and legal requirements. The Alberta opposition NDP is calling for the resignation of Allard, who spoke this afternoon. She, uh, she said she is not resigning and apologized for leaving the country. She added traveling to Hawaii is a Christmas tradition in her family. Our newsroom has now reached out to all three main B.C. parties to find out if any MLAs here traveled this holiday season. We'll bring in Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry now for more on that. And Keith, it sounds like everyone stayed pretty close to home. Yeah, it sounds like everybody on their best behavior following the rules, both the Liberal Caucus and the NDP Caucus, and Sonia Fersen was saying nobody traveled outside B.C. Uh, but I just know, just moving on the wires just moments ago, uh, the federal NDP has uh, stripped uh, critic powers, uh, shadow critic uh, responsibilities from their own MP, Nikki Ashton from Churchill, Manitoba, because she went to Greece to visit a sick family member without clearing it with the whip or the party leader. So obviously uh, politicians are being watched very closely right now on their behavior. Absolutely. Okay, no media briefing or update on the COVID numbers in B.C. today, but uh, we've kept an eye on the numbers all year. You've got the, the look at what happened in 2020. What did you find? Yeah. I thought it'd be useful. Now that 2020 is behind us, let's take a look exactly at the havoc wrecked by uh, COVID-19 throughout and again, this will be interesting to show the people at that anti-mask protest what we're looking at. Almost 52,000 people became sick. Sadly, 901 people died from the virus. It's not a hoax, folks. Uh, almost 2,400 people have been in hospital through the course of the year. More than 575 people in ICU and critical care. Liken this to a natural disaster or a wartime attack. That's the type of numbers we're talking about. Also, the geographic distribution of the virus has been interesting to watch as the year unfolded. Throughout the course of the year, 63 3% were in Fraser Health, by far the most COVID cases. Uh, well back, Vancouver Coastal at 23%. And then the rest of the province really didn't have a lot of COVID numbers. On a per capita basis, though, uh, Northern Health right now has a very serious hospitalization issue with a number of people in hospital in Prince George. Vancouver Island really not had a lot of COVID throughout the year. I live here. Hopefully that continues to be the case. Uh, Vancouver Coastal and Fraser seem to be leveling off as we head into 2021. I'll leave you with one, a couple more, just two more statistics. Uh, people under the age of 40 uh, got 54% of the cases, but only 15% of them went into hospital. Only one person died under the age of 40. People over the age of 70, 10% of the cases, not very many. Sadly, 79% of the deaths were among people over the age of 70. Very troubling, and we're going to see if those trends continue as we go into 2021. A lot of parents, a lot of grandparents at risk. All right, mm -hmm. thanks very much, Keith. Well, there is still hope the Vancouver Canucks will be able to play home games at Rogers Arena when the NHL season begins later this month. As Richard Zussman reports, it all comes down to provincial health officials and whether they sign off in time on the protocol for play. January 1st is typically a marquee day on the NHL calendar. For the past 13 years, the new year kicking off with the Winter Classic. But this year, it's different. The season hasn't even started. Teams getting ready to kick off training camp. And there's still uncertainty for the Vancouver Canucks on where they will ultimately play 
their home games. So it's now over to uh, uh, to the respective provinces to determine uh, whether the NHL games will happen or not. But the time for that approval is running out. The Canucks kick off training camp on Sunday. The thumbs up already there for that. But the first home game at Rogers Arena is scheduled for January 20th. We have um, uh, made suggestions to the NHL, which they have taken up, and we believe that those plans uh, are uh, meet the safety protocols in terms of, uh, of a public health risk and that they are going to be managed if they uh, adhere to those safety plans. British Columbia and the four other provinces with NHL teams decided to make Alberta Provincial Health Officer Dr. Dina Hinshaw in charge of having conversations with the NHL around approvals. So far, Alberta is the only province that has formally said the games can be played at a Canadian home arena. It's not my announcement to make, but I would say that those recommendations, which are um, which were unanimous from across the uh, the country will be uh, accepted here in British Columbia. So it'll be, it'll be soon, it'll be in the next few days. But what is clear is when there are games in Canada, they will be played without fans. Alberta Public Health has not responded to a request for comment on the timing of official approval, and the Vancouver Canucks only saying they have no plan B. And when they hit the ice for home games, they plan on indeed playing those games at home. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. A dramatic New Year's Eve fire at a Duncan apartment building on Vancouver Island has turned tragic. Flames broke out on a top floor unit and soon afterwards, a number of people were rushed to hospital. Sadly, one of the victims didn't make it. As Kylie Stanton reports, the devastating fire has prompted an outpouring of support from the community. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for doing this. There's a steady stream of people carrying bags of water, boxes of food and clothing ready to add to this pile. I've been a victim of fire, so I know what it's like. And it was absolutely horrifying to see what happened. A fire broke out just before one o'clock Thursday afternoon in the 2500 block of Lewis Street. They had uh, flames showing from the fourth floor east side of the building. Um, apparently that at that point, a couple of the occupants had already jumped. Seven patients were taken to hospital and ambulance. Another, who was in critical condition with severe burns, was flown to a higher level care facility and did not survive. Friends and family are identifying the deceased as Jerry Dore. One tribute online reads, Today I lost an amazing person. Rest in peace, Daddy. In a statement, the BC Coroner's Service says it has been notified of one death relating to this incident, and we are currently investigating to determine all the facts. The cause of the fire has yet to be determined. RCMP are launching a full investigation once the building has been deemed safe to enter. You are amazing. <laughs> this is a rarity. In the meantime, the community is continuing to rally to help those who've been displaced. So far, more than $8,000 has been raised through a GoFundMe campaign and a simple Facebook post calling for donations sparked this outpouring of support, leaving organizers speechless. We're going to sort through everything and kind of get everything ready to be able to actually hand it over to people who really need it. And look what we've done. Look what we have. Kylie Stanton, Global News. Well, as we head into the weekend, the risk of avalanche remains extremely high in the province. The weather conditions have created uh, conditions perfect for a potential slide. Two people died earlier this week near Pemberton, but as Paul Johnson reports, that has not kept people out of the backcountry. For some, there's hardly any weather that'll keep them out of the mountains. Wet, 
very wet. Mount Seymour Friday was like an alien landscape. Lots of snow, but completely socked in with cloud and heavy rain. Even so, the parking lot was full and there was a long line of cars still heading up at mid-afternoon. We just wanted to get out. The first time we've had the snowshoes, I got snowshoes for my wife for Christmas. So we just wanted to get out and get a little exercise first day, first day of the year. With recreational opportunities limited by the pandemic, mountain sports are a natural choice for British Columbians. But our heightened love for the high country coincides with some dangerous conditions right now. Basically, it's a parade of storms that we're seeing across the south coast right now. And a really potent storm is set to move in tonight and throughout the entire day on Saturday. The Sea to Sky Highway mountains, as well as potentially the local mountains, could see up to 60 centimeters of snow by the end of the day on Saturday. It's not just the abundance of snow, but the way it has accumulated. Avalanche Canada calls it a persistent weak layer, fairly rare for the south coast and dangerous. Tuesday near Pemberton, two experienced snow bikers were killed in an avalanche. Then Thursday, another tragedy when a backcountry skier apparently fell in a tree well and died. All three men were highly skilled and the two snow bikers even had avalanche beacons. So a stark warning to anyone with the mountains on their mind. Be conservative, stay on the marked trails, and respect the danger of the backcountry. On Mount Seymour, Paul Johnson, Global News. In addition to the conditions in the backcountry, there is also a high streamflow advisory in effect for the North Shore and Vancouver Island. Let's bring in senior meteorologist Christy Gordon, who is tracking a system that's going to bring quite a bit of rain, Christy. Yes, you're exactly right. And just an update on those snowfall totals that you t I talked about earlier. We really could see anywhere from 50 to maybe even 110 centimeters of snow in parts of the mountains right through the end of the day tomorrow. So a really potent system. And as you mentioned, that means rain for our region. The freezing level on the local mountains and many of the South Coast mountains has actually climbed. So with the amount of rain that's headed our way, we're going to see all that rain, but also the potential for snow melt that comes down and through the rivers and streams. So it has prompted the BC River Forecast Center to issue a high stream flow advisory for many parts of the south coast. What they're saying is they're really hoping that people will stay away from the rivers. Not only is it dangerous to get in close there, but also the uh, sides of the rivers could be unstable. And of course, there is the potential for some localized flooding as well. So we'll be watching that really closely. So, All right. Thanks, Christy. Another show of solidarity from B.C. farmers for their counterparts in India protesting the government's new rules there that they say are threatening their livelihood. Dozens of farmers gathered at Bear Creek Park in Surrey this afternoon before a car convoy left for downtown Vancouver. India's government and farmers have reached a partial agreement, giving hope that the world's largest peaceful protest could soon come to an end. But supporters here in this province say they won't let up until a deal is finalized. It's shameful. It's shameful that the Delhi government, as you see around the world, everybody's doing uh, peaceful protests. Nobody's damaging, nobody's doing fires, nobody's doing nothing. But it's sad when you see the, the government, the, the Delhi government, is spraying people with water and hitting our seniors with sticks and batoons. And it's, you know, that's uncalled for. Rallies have been taking place in Metro Vancouver since the beginning of December. 
Well, 2020 was a year to reflect on racial injustice, and those issues are expected to continue to play a big role into this year as well. But when it comes to outdated cultural depictions, a new survey from Research Co. suggests the majority of Canadians are against modifying books or movies to reflect what is considered more socially acceptable today. More than three in five are, however, in favor of adding a disclaimer to explain that programs or movies may be deemed offensive to a specific race or ethnicity. It seems the younger you are, the more likely you are to support political correctness. The numbers are fairly similar across the board. I think we see a little bit more resistance in areas that uh, usually vote more for the conservatives. So you look at the prairies, you look at Alberta, specific parts of Quebec, and they are more likely to say, no, I don't think this is something that we should be doing, even though Quebec is very open when it comes to this particular concept, partly because they've been having to deal with two very different societies, depending on the language you speak. Uh, but the numbers that didn't really change that much. I would say the one thing that is really striking is how political allegiance defines how you feel about political correctness. But when it comes to freedom of speech and comedy, only 38% of Canadians think comedians should act in a politically correct manner always or most of the time. Heartwarming tributes are pouring in for a Calgary police officer who died in the line of duty on New Year's Eve. And after a day-long search, breaking details about the two young men believed to be in the vehicle that ran him over. Coming up next on the News Hour. Stay frosty, Vancouver! A different twist on the polar bear dip this year, proving it's just as cold, even when it's done virtually. That's coming up later. And happy birthday to BC's New Year baby, where she was born, coming up. Right now, though, breaking news out of Calgary, where two young men wanted in connection with the death of a Calgary police officer have surrendered to police. 37-year-old Sergeant Andrew Harnett was killed in the line of duty during a New Year's Eve traffic stop. Police say he was struck by an SUV that was fleeing the stop. After a manhunt for 19-year-old Amir Abdulrahman and a 17-year-old who can no longer be named, the suspects turned themselves in to authorities. I'm pissed off. It's totally senseless. It's a day no police chief can prepare for. Mark Newfeld agitated, upset, angry at the loss of 37-year-old Sergeant Andrew Harnett. A family has lost a son. A sibling has lost a brother, a spouse has lost a partner, and many, many members of our service have lost a really good friend. Two first-degree murder warrants and two teens at the center of the alleged killing of a Calgary police officer, turning themselves in late Friday afternoon. During the stop, the vehicle fled, striking and dragging Andrew along the street. A second vehicle that came into contact with Harnett stayed at the scene helping with the investigation. Despite the efforts of his colleagues, Harnett died after being transported to hospital. This as dozens of police officers began to scour for the suspects accused of killing one of their own. It's just amazing the way people have stepped up and I, I couldn't ask for more. Um, and this is what they do. And so it's no surprise, but it's just, it's just very, very humbling. The vehicle believed to be involved was located Friday afternoon in the community of Terradale. Also a heavy police presence in the communities of Thorncliffe and in Martindale. CPS confirming it was part of the investigation. 
I never saw anything uh, uh, suspicious or fishy. No, it's always been quiet and peaceful here and there was never never I never heard of anything. Meanwhile, even in his final hours, Hartnett's exemplary work and dedication to his team transcends. Police say thanks to his meticulous work and body-worn camera, the suspects were identified. Sergeant Hartnett was a very accomplished uh, frontline officer and a digger and very professional. And so he did a very good job of um, capturing and recording information. And even in death, Harnett's dedication to duty lives on. Jenna Freeman, Global News. Up next, a shocking discovery in a remote part of B.C. It's basically a whole mountainside let go and wound up in the river valley below. The earthquake-inducing rock slide that rerouted a river. But first, better recharge that compass card. What will cost more and in some cases less as we head into the new year? It is that time of year to adjust your 2021 budget. You'll be paying more to take certain forms of transit this year, but you could soon save a little if you're the one behind the wheel. TransLink is planning a 2.3% fare increase in July. BC Ferries is expecting a similar fare increase on average across its entire fleet, with the final pricing structure coming in April. The introduction of ICBC's new enhanced care coverage this May could give some customers an average savings of about $400 a year on their car insurance. You can also expect to see a $4 credit on your BC Hydro bill in 2021. However, most Fortis BC gas customers could see their monthly rate rise by about $6 due to rising storage, transportation and delivery costs. If you follow a map of British Columbia's coast up to Alaska, you will come across the Taku River. Quite a place. And on Christmas Eve, it was the scene of a massive landslide. A rock slope failure so big it caused an earthquake. As Aaron MacArthur reports, there are many concerns about the environmental damage to nearby salmon spawning grounds. Huge trees snapped like matchsticks. Boulders the size of houses. Jamie Tate from Tundra Helicopters in Atlin captured the scale of the debris field. It stretches for kilometers across the Taku River. The devastation caused when a huge swath of a mountainside disintegrated. It's an oh my god situation. I've flown up and down that river for the better part of 40 years and um, you know ne you never see that stuff. The slide happened Christmas Eve so enormous it created a 2.9 magnitude earthquake that was measured by the U.S. Geological Survey. So the rock quite literally fell 4,000 vertical feet to the river bottom. This is the second huge landslide to hit B.C. in about a month. At the end of November, there was a slide in Butte Inlet. A 100-foot-tall wall of water tore apart a glacial lake and its outlet creek. The Taku flows from B.C. into Alaska. A hydrographic station at the mouth of the river monitored a huge spike in turbidity levels on the 24th and then a dramatic increase in water temperature. People who live near Taku Inlet say the water level in the river significantly lower for days after the slide. We went in the next, uh, well, two days later with the Taku River Clinkets. Um, some of their elders went and had a really good look at it and landed at the site. And the river actually was flowing around both sides of the slide at this point. The concern now is the destruction of salmon spawning grounds. 
The DFO plans to look at the damage. Come spring, the question will be how much of this debris ends up flowing downstream. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. The mayor of Colwood on Vancouver Island is proposing a bold new idea for an upcoming development in order to get people moving fast and effectively, all while remaining eco-friendly. Rob Martin is hoping to build a gondola in the Royal Bay area, all part of a bigger vision that includes a commuter ferry from the waterfront to Victoria's Inner Harbour. The lack of designated parking in the area has been one of the major issues holding the project back. But a 10-acre plot of city-owned land could be the solution, especially if there's a way to transport passengers to the one, kilo, or the one kilometer to the terminal. We have this land available. There is no uh, construction presently at all happening. It's just raw land. And, and I very much believe that part of our success will be building the gondola first and then allowing the development to occur around the gondola. We really believe that this is a way that we can uh, create a signature piece uh, in Colwood and especially in the Royal Bay development. The Ministry of Transportation has expressed interest in exploring the possibility of a future marine transportation corridor between Royal Bay and Victoria, but a full feasibility study will need to be completed before anything can move forward. Just ahead, a BC doctor finds herself in the same position as her patients. She's very caring, loving. She takes incredible care of her patients. How the medical community is rallying for her with few cancer treatment options available. And the new facility that will save lives in downtown Vancouver. Believe BC, featured on Global News Hour at 6, celebrates the innovative minds working together to reignite business throughout our province. Believe BC in partnership with Pacific Blue Cross, flexible small business health benefits for challenging times. Vancouver's first overdose prevention site is opening at a different location. Sarah Blythe, the co-founder of the Overdose Prevention Society, says the site had to be moved because BC Housing plans to tear down the current location, which is slated for some new homes. Now their new spot at 360 Columbia Street will act as a safe place for people to use drugs. Blythe says their site will help those struggling with two different situations, the pandemic and BC's overdose crisis with all of the support services Mm -hmm. necessary to help them. Also tonight, a doctor at St. Paul's Hospital is in the fight of her life. Dr. Barbara Ng has a rare and aggressive form of cancer with few treatment options. It's left her unable to work and care for her two young children. But her colleagues are doing everything they can to help her both medically and personally. Catherine Urquhart has more. Barbara Ng is known for being caring and humble. The married mother of a six-year-old and eight-year-old is also a doctor who works primarily at St. Paul's. She supports her family. She looks after her parents. You know, she's just somebody that has spent a lifetime looking after other people. Now, the 42-year-old North Vancouver resident is the one who needs help as she battles an aggressive type of uterine cancer. So it's called a leomyosarcoma for those that know the name in cancer. And unfortunately, uh, it is an incredibly aggressive cancer with minimal treatment options at this time. Fellow physicians recently set up a GoFundMe account to assist the family. And the primary purpose of it is to really help ease the financial burden as Barb is no longer able to work 
and uh, she wants her primary goal is to be with her family for the time that she can. The the important thing I think is not to look at how much time she has left, but how many meaningful moments she has left. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. Obviously, wishing the best for Dr. Ng for sure. Just ahead, a freezing start to the new year. How the 2021 polar bear dip feels the same, even if it looks a lot different. Also coming up, we'll introduce you to BC's New Year's baby. A New Year's Day tradition went virtual this year with Canadians encouraged to do their own personal polar bear swims without gathering in large groups. Doesn't look very much like Sunset Beach there, does it? But it does seem like a lot of people across the country listened. People took to backyard pools and tubs for a refreshing dip. There were also some more frozen encounters in other parts of Canada. A small number of people still decided to take the plunge beachside here in Vancouver, despite being urged not to. And they say they are hopeful that tradition can continue next year, and they're optimistic that this year is going to be much better than 2020. I hope that we find a cure for COVID-19, for a vaccine, especially, and for, well, for everybody to be healthy and happy again. All these things can go away and we can all get along and be better to each other and be warmer to each other. This year would have been the 101st anniversary of the polar bear swim in person at English Bay. Hopefully, uh, the beach will be crowded with polar bear swimmers next year. That would be awesome. I saw a post by Kim Bolin, the uh, crime writer in town, who said it was actually warmer this year than in previous years. So Really? <laughs> well done anyway, Kim. Uh, all right, yeah, some major snow expected in uh, many parts of the province. Here's Christy with the latest. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so major snow and major rain. Hey, I just wanted to let you know, looking at the numbers really quickly, it looked like we had a very wet December, well above average, certainly potentially the 14th wettest on record. But when we come back next week, I'll have I'll crunch all the numbers and have a look at the year in total. Uh, it's just been a busy day with lots of storms. So let's get right into the storms. Having a look at the graphics, it's just an onslaught of systems, one after another hitting the coast. So the most potent one really will hit us tomorrow, starting overnight tonight. But we've got one on deck for Monday, Tuesday, and even into Wednesday. So the warning that you see here is for Whistler, Howe Sound, North Shore, as well, as well as Northeast Metro Vancouver, 100 millimeters of rain, but that's by the end of the day tomorrow. So that's just the first system, everyone. And yes, it is certainly going to be wet throughout the day tomorrow, but the distribution across Metro Vancouver is quite variable. So Delta to Wasson getting far less. It really, that majority of it is up along the mountains. And heavy snow, as Chris mentioned. So we're talking about incredible amount of snow uh, along the mountain passes, uh, 50 centimeters for Kootenai Pass, 25 for Coquihalla, as well as Allison Pass. And I really urge you to remember, uh, you want to check with Dry BC to make sure that, first of all, that the routes are open, because I'm sure they'll be doing a lot of avalanche uh, uh, control. But also, don't travel without a winter kit, especially if you're traveling with kids. So water, snacks, warm clothing, because you never know when you're going to get stuck. And it could be for a number of hours, especially with this type of scenario. So there's your forecast, everyone. Certainly some breaks of blue sky in 
the Caribou, Central Interior regions. Snow, though, still for the Columbia region, transitioning to rain, but most areas really just looking at rain tomorrow. It's milder, and that's the case for the South Coast. But heavy rain, that rainfall warning continues. A little bit lighter on Sunday, a 70% chance of showers. I'm really hoping for some breaks of blue sky late in the day on Sunday before the next series of systems push onshore. And here's your central windows weather window. I'm pretty sure this guy is saying, see ya, 2020. Don't you dare come back. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to mess with him either. Yeah, definitely not. All right, thanks, Christy. Well, BC's first baby of the year was welcomed into the world at BC Women's Hospital in Vancouver very early this morning. Catherine Harrison and Darcy Doberstein of Vancouver are the proud parents of a girl weighing in at 7 pounds, 4 ounces. Their first child came into the world at 12.21 a.m. They're still looking for a name. We kind of labored at women's for a while and actually a decent amount of time, probably about 24 hours, and then it just wasn't happening, so it ended up being an unplanned C-section. The expected due date was Christmas Day, um, and then she kept us waiting about a week after that instead. Congratulations. Current trends continue. It could be Olivia. That was the number one name. All right, here's Squire with a look ahead to sports. Okay, so tomorrow is uh, Canada and the Czechs at the World Junior Hockey Championships. We'll hear from the coach who says the Czechs can check. (laughs) All right, thanks, Squire. Also ahead with 2020 in the books, let's take a look back at the plays of the year. Squire's first sportscast of 2021. Take it away. All right. If uh, Canada is to win gold at the uh, World Junior Hockey Championships, they're going to have to do it by being perfect. They didn't lose in the four preliminary round games. They outscored their opponents 33-4. Now they're in the knockout round where if you lose, you're out. Tomorrow at 4 o'clock our time, they will face the Czech Republic. The people don't give enough credit to the Czech. Czech are, we're in the pool with the U.S., the Swede, and the Russian. And they have only two players on their full roster who are not in the plus. They're a really good five-on-five team. And that, again, again, lead country. So we need to uh, make sure we are uh, humble and we go in that game knowing full well uh, it will be a tough match. All right, the NHL is planning to hold a couple of outdoor games in February in Lake Tahoe. Vegas will face Colorado. Boston will take on Philadelphia. There will be no fans, so it's basically a made-for-TV event. The regular season for the NHL, of course, begins January 13th. Notre Dame and Alabama trying to be uh, one of the finalists for the uh, NCAA College Football Championship. Seems like Alabama's in this every time. Look at the jump. Najee Harris able to leap defensive backs in a single bound. Or perhaps linebackers. Whatever it is, he's over. That would set up this touchdown by Jaheel Billingsley from uh, Mac Jones. And surprise, surprise, Bama wins 31-14. to 14. All right. Let's go back to 2020 now. All right. Thanks very much, Squire. <laughs> Let's check in with Jay Durant for a look ahead to Global News at 11. Jay? Thank you, Sophie. We are keeping an eye on the avalanche and high stream flow advisories that have been issued for parts of B.C. And in Tofino, RCMP are investigating what they're describing as the suspicious death of a man whose body was found in a home on Chesterman Beach Road. An arrest was made in Nanaimo. Plus, this was the end result of a fiery crash in Burnaby on New Year's Eve where a driver blew three times the legal limit, the penalty he's facing. That's coming up tonight on Global News at 11. All right, thanks, Jay. And we're back with Plays of the Year, last year. (laughs) Coming up next.
Well, Chris, you made a good point. We almost didn't have any plays of the year to compile. Yeah, no, pl- almost no plays at all. That's yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> it was a good Thanks. thing they came back in the bubbles. That really helped. Yeah. Uh, we showed it on Christmas Day. This is a bit of a shorter version. We like to call it uh, 2020 hindsight. <laughs> és így már terbocs jöhet, terbocs benszorban, a Csollák lövőhelyzet, gól! Gól, hatalmas gólt ragaszt, Csollák, és na ilyet még nem láttam.
just so good and it's just ridiculous. I know that that kind of ex that kind of gives you 2020 in a nutshell. Don't yeah, you? we just it seemed to be going good, and then we just hit a big pylon. <laughs> you do a great job picking out the music <laughs> and the cuts and the shots. Nice work, Squire, thank you. As always, it's always fun. Mm -hmm. All right, one final word on the weather mm -hmm. as we head into our first weekend of 2021, Christy. <laughs> Well, it's going to be a soaker, that's for sure. Rainfall warning in effect, so it will develop overnight. It will be heavy through the day tomorrow. Potentially 100 millimeters of rain for some parts of the North Shore and Northeast Metro Vancouver. So stay dry, everyone, and Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New, Happy New Year. Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for watching. Have a great weekend.